1: This is the Canty and Carlin podcast.
2: And that's exactly where we start today. The standoff is no longer a short-lived standoff between Saquon Barkley and the New York Giants. I'm Michelle Smallman. He's Aaron Goldhammer. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM, Channel 80. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Aaron, how are you? Good to talk to you, my friend. Oh, I'm
3: so glad the drama is over with Saquon Barkley. Michelle, I didn't sleep last night. You know, <laughs> my kids have been bothering me every morning. What are we going to do? The running backs aren't getting paid. My four-and-a-half-year-old daughter, Stella, said to me she was very concerned about it today. Uh, and I told her, hey, look, you know, one year, $11 million. Uh, Saquon reporting to camp, going to be back with the Giants. Now we we get to have the Josh Jacobs conversation, and I can't
2: wait. Well, I'm glad that Stella is going to be able to sleep easy tonight because the Giants and Saquon Barkley did agree to a deal. It's the news of the day. So let's, let's roll it back. So they didn't agree to a long-term deal by the July 7th deadline. He was supposed to pl- pay on that. T- play, excuse me, on that $10.1 million contract, and he had suggested that he might hold out for the entire season because he wasn't pleased uh, getting the franchise tag. Then we hear about the running backs' phone call, Aaron, the big meeting that they all had. Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey, Nick Chubbs, Chubbs, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry, to name a few. They were all concerned about the marketplace with running backs, as they should be. And even though nothing was really tangible coming out of that, meeting. They were discussing next steps. Saquon Barkley had scrubbed his social media of the Giants. And I think a lot of us were settling in for what could be a long standoff. But it ends today. Saquon Barkley gets a deal worth up to $11 million. As you said, it's $10.1 million fully guaranteed and $2 million of it as a signing bonus. The $1 million of incentives includes an equal amount paid if he achieves 1,300 rushing yards, 11 touchdowns, and 65 receptions. Now, this is the important part. The contract does not include a no franchise tag clause meaning the Giants can tag him again after the season so this was a big concession on Saquon Barkley's part and he's already in the building he's been there since 8 a.m eastern time reporting to camp and for what was a lot of posturing Aaron and a lot of drama we were wondering who was going to blink first it's Saquon Barkley and it seems like this is a big win for the New York Giants
3: Yeah, I agree. I think that Saquon wanted to start a conversation about how running backs are underpaid. But I think also Saquon Barkley is a good teammate, and I don't think he wanted to be the holding out guy. I think he understood what it was going to do to Giants camp if every day Brian Dable, Daniel Jones, the whole roster is being peppered with questions. Have you talked to him? When is he going to be in? Do you think he'll play in the opener? So I think... Saquon, in a way, got what he wanted because I think he started a conversation, which is an important one, about the value of running backs across the league. But he certainly didn't change what running backs are valued. I think if anything else, Michelle, the way that this ended up shows you that while they can get on as many Zoom calls as they want, it's not going to change the fact that the, the law of supply and demand is trending towards, you know, teach your kids how to play defensive back and safety and don't have your kids play in running back.
2: Right. Yeah. To me, when I read this, it seemed as if. He was waving the white flag like the running backs are kind of waving the white flag. And I did a show yesterday with Jordan Ron on who covers the Giants for us here at ESPN, our NFL Nation Giants reporter. And he spoke at length yesterday about Saquon's uh, desire, as you mentioned, to be a good teammate, how he didn't want to have to sit out, how he hated that people viewed him as greedy or viewed him as not being a team player, that that's just so the antithesis of who he is as a person, as a player and as a teammate, and that that could be something that played a major factor in, which I think, as you mentioned, we're seeing play out today. However, when these guys all got on this Zoom and were trying to figure out what to do to better their circumstances, their financial circumstances as running backs, it seems like Christian McCaffrey already got paid. He's out of the conversation here. Saquon Barkley is the biggest name and the person in that group that had the most power to potentially do something that could affect change. And even though he gets a little bit more money, I think the deal as a whole is not what he was looking for and I don't really think it's going to get the ball moving and better where the position is or help any of his peers and, yep. that are also in the running back position? I mean, just think about other
3: sports and then think about football. You know, we're going to talk about Jalen Brown on today's show, who is a really good player. I mean, I, and a good person. Like, I'm not taking anything away from him. But Michelle, in a couple of years, the contract that he signed today, he's going to be making sixty million dollars a year. Insane. Now Saquon, like, I'd take the eleven million, sure. But is he really worth, on the general sports market, one-sixth of what Jalen Brown is worth? No. I would say no, but the law of supply and demand— Like I think Saquon is an elite running back, but I'm not sure that the difference between him and an average guy is really that great. Or as great as the difference if the Celtics were to lose Jalen Brown, the big question is, how do you replace him? And I think Saquon could be replaced, which is part of the reason why he decided to rush and get back in. I do think some of it has to do with he's a good teammate. Unlike Daniel Jones, he had no leverage. Daniel Jones' leverage was, okay, I'll go play for someone else. I'm a a mediocre quarterback. Someone will pay me $35 million (laughs) a year to come in and win 9, 10 games for him. It's either going to be you or it's going to be somebody else. If Saquon was on the open market, I don't know that he would get the contract that he's looking for.
2: Yeah. The quarterbacks, whether they're a tier one guy or not, are just going to get paid. That's what because what are the Giants going to do? Start over. And Daniel Jones is coming off a year where he showed big improvements. The numbers are there. You're right. Somebody would have paid him. So the Giants knew that even though they might not deem him to be worth the money that they're going to pay him, that's what the market dictates. I mentioned that I did a show yesterday with Jordan Run on our ESPN NFL Nation Giants reporter who's been all over this story. Jordan, why is Saquon back with the Giants? Why did he agree to this deal?
1: What it says to me is that Saquon Barkley just wanted to be here, right? It was important for him to be here. He's already in the building. He's been there for at least an hour. I don't know what time he showed up, but, you know, before 8 o'clock, he's in the building on the first day of training camp. And we've talked about this before. It's a guy who is very protective of his image. He prides himself on being a team first guy, wanting to win. He wants to be the best player to ever play the game. And so that was important to him. He knew the situation, I guess, that he was in. And he said, you know what, let's just make it happen and make sure that I'm there. We don't want to derail this season. Yeah. We don't want to have it be a, you know, a drama-filled season. Let's just, go. let's just go do it. get the best we can now and move forward.
3: Yeah. I-, I wanted to jump in, Michelle, and say I wonder if there's a part of Saquon that wanted to get there now to get good, positive public relations going And the way that he wants to make up the $5 million difference is get some endorsements, man. Someone get a New York area uh, car dealer on the phone. (laughs) Someone get him a Campbell's Chunky Soup. Like, I I don't, (laughs) you know, because the the one thing the running backs do have over some of the other positions, they have much better name recognition
2: than someone who's playing.
3: And they score the touchdowns and they're drafted in your fantasy team. So one of the things I'd be saying if I was Barkley's agent is, okay, we didn't get what we wanted from the Giants. But what do we care if at the end of the day you make X amount of dollars and some of it comes from the Giants and some of it comes from XYZ sponsorship deal? I would be trying to work every weekly radio appearances. I'd be trying to show up at kids bar mitzvahs, officiate (laughs) weddings like I'd just be doing anything to throw a little extra cash on there. And eventually he will make his 16 million dollars a year.
2: You really think Saquon Barkley wants to officiate weddings? Come on, it would have to be a pretty high price tag for that.
3: Can you imagine your bar mitzvah? You know, they, they, shlomos <laughs> bar mitzvah, ladies and gentlemen, spinning the heads. That's Giants running back Saquon Barkley. Dun, 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 dun. It would be you know, the greatest
2: bar mitzvah of all time. DJ SB on the ones and twos. I could see it. I could see yeah. it. But yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. I mean, jo- and again, Jordan spoke at at this about this, excuse me, at length yesterday, he was, as we just heard in the bite that he said, he was very adamant about this, about how upset Saquon was when the details were coming out about the negotiations, since this had been happening last year, that he was really upset that the perception that was out there was that he looked greedy uh, and wanting more money. And that just surprised me a little bit because I, I just didn't really anticipate that he would let what public the public perception might be dictate what he did ultimately and i'm sure there was a lot of factors at play he didn't want the drama he wanted to to get things going he he wanted to put his team in a great position moving forward this season. But if you if you didn't like the perception, why did you go on the Money Matters podcast? Why did you scrub your social media of the Giants? You know, it just, it doesn't really make sense to me. One, one thing does not allow for the other, if that makes sense.
3: I'll say this. I think he was caught in between teams, Michelle. You have the New York Giants team that he's a member of, and you have the NFLPA that he's a mm-hmm. member of. So the NFLPA wants him on the Money Matters podcast and wants him applying the pressure. But ultimately, I think he proved, and I, I hope his teammates appreciate this. I bet they really do. This is the kind of thing that could really help bring a team together, in my mind. The fact that Saquon said, "Hey, look, you know, could I have sat out, and maybe gotten a little bit more money, or made a little bit bigger of a stink, or yeah, I could have, but ultimately, I'm cool with 11 million, and you know, now let's go and try to win this division and get ourselves back into the playoffs."
2: He's Aaron Goldhammer. I'm Michelle Smallman. Coming up, we're going to have more on the Saquon deal. Our ESPN NFL reporter, Diana Rossini, is going to join us at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time in just about 15 minutes. Canteen Carlin's presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Breaking news, Celtics shooting guard Jalen Brown's agreed
0: to the richest deal in NBA history. A five-year, $304 million Supermax extension.
4: Dude,
1: dude. <laughs> That's all I could do right now, so he's Back the brink's truck up. He works hard. He shows up all the time. He's a star in this league. He plays on both ends of the floor. He doesn't cheat the game.
4: What this tells me is that Boston is saying we're putting the pedal to the metal. Also, when you look at a guy like Jalen Brown, it has to be go time.
2: Saquon wanted a couple million, Aaron. Jalen Brown, the Celtics, they agreed to a record five-year, $304 million Supermax extension. This exceeds Nikola Jokic's $276 million extension with the Denver Nuggets. And you knew that this was going to get done at some point this offseason, but here it, here it is. Here's the number. $304 million for Jalen Brown. He's slated to make $52.3 million when the contract first kicks in during the 2024-2025 season. $69.1 million in 2028-2029, which is the final year of the deal. He's not eligible for a no-trade clause because he signed an extension. And yep. it's a lot of money, Aaron, but the Celtics, they had to get it done.
3: Yeah, they, they had to pay him. And really now, because the TV money is going up so much that, you know, wh- while it seems crazy to us to pay Jalen Brown $70 million a year, the cap is growing so much that that's not going to paralyze the Celtics as much as you might think. That being said, I think this is like the ninth or tenth guy, Michelle, that has done one of these Supermax extensions, and they're kind of all over the board. I mean, the Steph Giannis um dame you know is is one group and i think you'd say mb you know you'd say okay those guys they're mvp candidates they're really mm-hmm. worth it they're number ones right then you have russell westbrook rudy gobert john wall who've done supermax and it seems on the surface like that's a great idea to retain your guy and it's something that's worth celebrating but which category does does Jalen Brown really fall into? Is he the best player on a championship team? No, can he even be the second best player on a championship team? We're kinda now finding out that even that hasn't worked out great for the celtics so. Look, man, I respect him getting the bag. He's a great guy off the court. All the mm-hmm. things that have been said today are, are totally right and fair, and I applaud the journey that he's been on to get to this place. I just think that I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced that he'll be playing for the Celtics when he makes the $69.1 million.
2: So I think that not only did they need to retain Jalen Brown for what he does individually, he averaged career best 26.6 points and 49% shooting last season, but for what he is with Jason Tatum. So the two of them combined, obviously, there's been a lot of success there for the Celtics. 56.7 points per game for the two of them combined last season. It's the fourth most by a duo since the 76-77 merger. And the Celtics have made the playoffs in each of Jalen Brown's seven NBA seasons. They've been to the finals, the Eastern Conference, three Eastern Conference finals. So, yeah. Aaron, I, th- I think when you remove somebody like a Marcus Smart from the team who's been the identity the heartbeat of that team for a long time you need to make sure that jason tatum and jalen brown your two foundational pieces are happy and that they're taken care of those are the keys to your success you're not going to win without them so they had to get it done
3: and they're the kind of players that are the hardest things to find in the league you know the the wing players that can make threes and play good defense and both jason tatum and jalen brown fall into that michelle it, at the highest level okay you know, get you to the playoffs definitely. Win a round or two, absolutely. At the highest level, the Celtics have had problems with Tatum and Brown on the on the floor together, in part because they keep turning the ball over over and I, I just I remember that Finals in twenty twenty two, and this Heat series this past year. It just felt like every time Jalen touched the ball, it was a turnover. Um, so he's either got to improve that, or the Celtics have to figure out how to best play with those two guys as their two best players and maybe still try to have a point guard somewhere in the mix. The other thing I'll mention about it, I'm not convinced that the Celtics got better this off season. They mm. did trade Marcus Smart. They got Chris Dapp's Porzingis, which, I mean, this just seems like a real risk to me. They've gone from being a defense first team to, to an offense first team. I got big questions about their head coach, which I think is totally fair coming off of the series that they had against Miami, where they were on the verge of getting swept only to come back and then fall on their face. It was like a near sweep and choke in the same series. At home, for too. For the Celtics. Yeah, at home. They um, weren't great at home during the playoffs. And so I would say Milwaukee's the favorite in the East. And I just, um, to me, Boston is more a loser of the offseason than they are a winner.
2: So what are the expectations for the Boston Celtics after the Jalen Brown extension? Here's our ESPN NBA analyst, Kendrick Perkins.
1: It's championship a bus and it's been this way for the last two or three years. We're talking about Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, one of the best duos in the game and they haven't completed the mission yet and when you look around the league, you look at the Milwaukee Bucks, they brought back basically their entire team especially their core group. When you look at the Western Conference, it got stronger with the emergence of the Sacramento Kings. We saw what the Phoenix Suns did Add Bradley Beal. We cannot disrespect Jokic and Jamal Murray the defending champions and so when you look around the overall landscape of the entire league the Celtics are on the clock.
2: I agree with that Aaron and I also wonder how this is going to impact Jason Tatum not because his teammate got paid but he's eligible for a Super Mac extension next year you know that he's gonna get his money as well but Jason Tatum is a guy who is usually the best player on the floor, but he hasn't had to be that vocal leader. Marcus Smart always kind of held that baton. And now with the pressure on them after what happened in the playoffs last year, he's got this deal looming. He now has to assume more of a vocal leadership role. I just wonder if we're going to see an elevated version of Jason Tatum, especially in the playoffs next year, or if we might see this affect him in some way.
3: Maybe championship or bust is an unfair expectation, but if you'd have told me in the 2018 Eastern Finals when Tatum made it there against LeBron in Game 7 as a rookie (laughs) that they wouldn't win a championship over the next five years and that we'd be sitting here talking about them getting second and third contracts and still be waiting for them to win their first title, I think I would have told you at that point that it's a bit of a disappointment with as good as those two guys have been and how highly touted they were as teenagers and in their early 20s you know where is the growth and I think that's where this contract will be judged by does Jalen Brown stay at the level that he's been at for the last two years or does he have another step that he could take forward not in a January game against the Indiana Pacers but in May and June when it counts the most
2: He's Aaron Goldhammer. I'm Michelle Smallman on and Carlin here on ESPN Radio. And coming up next, did Saquon Barkley make the right decision? And what does this deal mean for the running back market? We're going to discuss it after Aaron has this word from NHTSA.
3: That's right. I have got this word from NHTSA, and I got a shout out, um, listen, if you know the speed of sound, but if you ever thought about the sounds of speeding, if you drive over the speed limit, there are a lot of sounds that you might hear. If you could hear the sound of your vehicle crashing, the sound of first responders desperately trying to save you, you could even hear the sound of people crying at a funeral, because if you drive over the speed limit, you could do damage that's beyond repair. One way or another, speeding catches up with you. That is paid for by
1: NHTSA
5: Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
4: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring.
1: Saquon Barkley and the Giants agreeing to terms on a one-year deal worth up
5: to $11 million. This is a running back issue. This isn't a Saquon
1: Barkley issue. You get 27, 28 years of age. As far as they're concerned, you're a senior citizen at the running back position. They
4: will look at him and say, you know what? The more we play you, the more used goods you become.
1: One of these guys needs to win so that they can prove to general managers you can pay a running back and still build a Super Bowl winning roster.
2: Tons of NFL news happening on a July 25th. He's Aaron Goldhammer. I'm Michelle Smallman. It's Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, series XM Channel 80. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. And let's talk about the latest headlines in the NFL with our ESPN NFL reporter, Diana Rossini, who joins us. Diana, always great to talk to you, but especially today with so much news happening in the NFL. Let's start with Saquon Barkley. After what we thought might be a long standoff between he and the Giants, it comes to an end today. He signed his franchise tag with the Giants he's in the building he's reported to camp were you surprised that this deal got done so quickly yeah I was really surprised just knowing we've kept tabs on this pretty closely over the last few
0: months and it just seemed like this was a relationship that was turning sour Saquon was considering all different options one of them even being perhaps maybe even sitting out week one against the Dallas Cowboys which you could argue looking at their schedule That's a game they need Saquon Barkley to be in the lineup for. So obviously he's been really disappointed and upset with the uh, New York Giants unable to come up with a a long-term contract that he was happy with. And to hear that he was at training camp today showing up before 8 o'clock after signing this deal with a few of these incentives was was really surprising. But it really speaks to the type of player – Saquon Barkley is, and if you spend time around him, if you even just listen to how he talks about his life and what he wants to do with the New York Giants and his teammates, I don't think he had the stomach to sit out, Michelle. I don't think he has that makeup to just sit on the sidelines and watch his team go about their business without him. And, you know, you could make an argument that Saquon could have waited even another two, three, four more weeks before the start of the season, miss camp and maybe perhaps get a little bit more leverage in some of these incentives, maybe perhaps get a no tag clause written in there for next year. But he didn't get any of that. So it's a very, from my perspective, it's a very small, tiny win for Saquon, but it's a gigantic win for the New York Giants.
3: Diana, if one of the best running backs in the league called you for advice on their next contract, what would you tell them?
0: Change positions. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Take the deal that's offered to you during the season, like Saquon Barkley was. I think he's going to look back at this moment in his life and, and have some regret over the decisions he was making, whether that's reflective of his representation, whether that's reflective of his own personal choice, I think sometimes when players like Saquon Barkley are such a tremendous part of their offense, he and Daniel Jones obviously kind of go hand in hand in each other's success. Um, When he saw that the priority was Daniel Jones, he needed to quickly make that shift and take what the best deal was on the table. I mean, he walked away from $23 million guaranteed last week. And now here we are. He's getting 11 million. You know, it doesn't make any sense to me in terms of just smart business. And, and I know we're spending a lot of time right now talking about the running back market and how they can make more money and how undervalued they are. And, and truthfully, I think just from a fan perspective, it is unfair. I feel for these guys. Um, but this is just the reality of the spot and the position and ownership. In, in, in my opinion, I don't think anything changes moving forward. If anything, I think it just gets worse for them.
2: Our ESPN NFL reporter, Diana Rossini, joining us on Canty and Carlin. And we also got word today that Brock Purdy has been cleared to practice. He is entering training camp as the 49ers starting quarterback. And it seems like, barring a setback, Diana, it's his job to keep, right? Truly, this team is really supportive and, and behind and confident
0: in Brock Purdy. And this was all off season. Anytime I ran into someone with the 49ers, whether it was a player or or someone in their front office, even their coaching staff, whether it was at events, combine, draft, um, Super Bowl, red carpets, all those things that happened during the offseason. And conversations would always come to Brock Purdy. And man, people just want to spend their whole time talking about what a great guy he is and how impressive he's been. So, on a day of so much, you know, sort of strange news about camp, you know, guys not happy with their contract, stuff that I'm sure we look back on. Uh, week one and and say wow that wasn't that big of a deal I just really thought this was such great news for this San Francisco team because it just seems Brock's ahead of schedule Um, you know early on right after his surgery I had a conversation with someone in the front office about where they thought Brock would be in terms of his recovery and there was a plan in place that he wouldn't be ready to go some of September and now here we are and he's ready to go, and he didn't land on that physically unable to perform list, which that was surprising to me. So that means you know, successful surgery, successful rehab, uh, a few limitations right now, but really good news for him as they're waiting for Nick Bosa's contract to get done because he didn't show up today, Michelle.
3: One more quick one for Diana Rossini, ESPN NFL reporter. Diana, um, Zach Martin in Dallas, Chris Jones in Kansas City. Who do you think is likely to report for camp and get a new deal first?
0: Uh, I think Chris Jones gets a deal done. Uh, you know, the entire time during this offseason, talking to to all those involved with this contract, I, it was always just very optimistic. Um, Andy Reid said yesterday he was surprised that Chris Jones did not show up to camp. And I was with the Chiefs about a month ago talking to them. And, and, I mean, you might as well have had the deal done already the way they were talking about it. And, look, things go away. We know that. Um, but the importance of Chris Jones to this defense. We talk about obviously what Patrick does on offense for this team in general, but without Chris Jones, his team does not win the Super Bowl this past season. And they, they know that uh, he's such a gigantic part of the chiefs roster. So it, my belief in just knowing the way Brett Beach works and how he is just always able to figure it out and keep the guys he wants happy and get rid of the ones that he doesn't think can contribute. This is a major contributor. So I, I see this one getting done. Uh, That that said, an eight-time Pro Bowler and a six-time first-team All-Pro right guard for Dallas, yeah, they're going to want him there. And, you know, Jerry just recently said that he has plans for him, but we know they've got plans for a lot of people, right? Dak, CeeDee Lamb, Micah Parsons, they just got Trayvon Diggs done, but still a lot of work to be done in
2: Dallas. Be sure to follow Diana Rossini on social media at Diana ESPN. Diana, we know you have a big NFL Live coming up, so we're going to let you go, but thanks so much for the time. Could you tell? I felt like we were ripping through everything, guys. It's so good to have football back. I'll talk to you guys soon. Absolutely. And Aaron, didn't expect so much NFL news on a Tuesday, July 25th, but yet here we are.
3: You know what? I'll I'll tell you, the Saquon thing is super weird. Um, as a fan of the game and as someone who might draft him in fantasy or something <laughs> like that, I, I'm really glad that he's there. I I got to say just one thing on this whole, like, I really feel for the running backs, like, come on, like he is making $11 million this year, Michelle, it's not, let's not act like, you know, he's, uh, you know, getting, uh, you know, getting his health insurance taken away or given the dynamics of everything that's going on in the world I'm not sure, you know, it's uh, at the top of my list, you know, the people of Ukraine, I'm very concerned for them and the running backs (laughs) of the NFL. I don't think I'd put those two things on the same level exactly.
2: Oh, I don't think they're on the same level, but I, I do think when you look at everything they put their bodies through and the way they contribute to their teams, I do think they're not really getting paid relative to their Agreed. place on the team. Agreed. Um, but no, Agreed. Com- compared to everything else in the world, we got bigger problems ahead, right? He's Aaron Goldhammer. I'm Michelle Smallman. And coming up next on and Carlin, a developing story, a really scary situation that happened today involving Bronny James. We're going to give you the latest. Keep it here on ESPN Radio.
1: Carlin, The podcast.
0: Your old Bronny James, the oldest son of Lakers star LeBron James, is in stable condition. After going into cardiac arrest during a practice at USC yesterday, he's no longer in ICU.
1: When you hear something like this, you just thank the good Lord that the medical staff was there in attendance, that he wasn't practicing by himself with nobody around. I'm just grateful with the advancement to modern medicine and oh. that these programs and that these teams have the best in the business when it comes to athletic training staffs.
2: Alongside Aaron Goldhammer, I'm Michelle Smallman. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. And Aaron, a really scary story. That could have had a, an awful ending, but we're so grateful for the people that were there to help Bronny James. So Bronny James, the eldest son of LeBron James, suffered a cardiac arrest yesterday. He is yeah. now in stable condition and out of the ICU. A James family spokesperson said this in a statement. Yesterday, while practicing, Bronnie James suffered a cardiac arrest. Medical staff was able to treat Bronnie and take him to the hospital. He's now in stable condition and no longer in ICU. We ask for respect and privacy for the James family, and we will update the media when there is more information. But just a really awful and scary situation. And thank God that the medical staff was there and was able to get him the attention he needed to help him. You know, Michelle,
3: I used to hear about situations like this with young athletes and put myself in the shoes of the player, you know, collapsing, waking up, being disoriented, feeling like someone saved my life at the hot... Now I put myself in the parents' shoes because I'm the parent of two kids, a four-and-a-half-year-old and a a 10-month-old, and I've had sick kids in the hospital, and I've had kids playing sports. And the idea that you know you drop your kid off at practice or you leave your kid at college, you know, in the case mm-hmm. of Ronnie, you know, you you just never expect, especially with somebody who is a world class athlete, absolutely, you know, to to be recruited to go to a school like USC that they would have this kind of cardiac condition, and it it really does underscore, you know, in the wake of Damar Hamlin, these athletic trainers are such heroes and you got to make sure at every practice at every school that you have the proper equipment because that could be the difference between somebody, you know, a story like Bronny's which is scary but he's in stable condition in the ICU, you know, see he had his life saved. You know, I'm not sure and I'm I'm no heart doctor, but if there was not a defibrillator on site and the athletic trainers weren't there, I don't know if anybody knows what could have happened in this situation.
2: Well, let's hear from someone who, who might know our, an ABC News chief medical correspondent, Dr. Jennifer Ashton. What could have happened to Bronnie in that situation?
6: The vast majority of cases are caused by a congenital and previously undetected or undiagnosed congenital heart defect known as HCM or hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. But certainly you can have this happen in a structurally normal heart. We're all familiar with what happened with Damar Hamlin. That is a, a very rare cause, commodio cortis, or there can be an irregular heartbeat in the electrical system and arrhythmia. Bottom line is immediate intervention with CPR and AED use absolutely saves lives.
2: And what does it tell us that about Bronnie's status that he's now in stable condition? Let's hear again from Dr. Jennifer Aston.
6: What we call standard operating procedure. Any patient brought into the emergency room who suffered an out-of-hospital cardiac arrest, it would be standard medical protocol to observe that person, if not manage that person in an ICU setting. So we wanna make sure all organ systems are functioning properly. Most importantly, the brain, the lungs, and the heart. So after a cardiac arrest, it's not uncommon to leave a patient intubated with a ventilator, a breathing tube, so that their airway is protected so that again, we can assess neurologic function, cardiac function, respiratory function, and then kidney and liver function and clotting function as well. So all of that is routine.
2: And Aaron, it it really does just emphasize how fragile life is. I mean, Brian, 18 years old. He's at USC. He's getting ready. He was getting ready to go to an exhibition tour in Croatia and Greece. He's in the prime of his life with so many amazing things ahead. And then something like this happens. It's just it's really important to realize how fragile life is. And I, I just... Thank goodness that he's okay and that those people were there to assist him. You know,
3: I had to check myself on this a little bit, Michelle, because so much of the conversation around Bronny, going back to when he started high school was... How is his basketball career going to affect where LeBron goes next mm-hmm. in free agency? Of or course, yes. talking about him not like he's a person, but like he's this great sports commodity. You know, I, I don't, my friends really wanted to stream his high school games just out of sheer curiosity. Like, it, is there any way he could be as good as his dad? I think this story to me underscores like he's his own person he is a person who has a totally separate path and life from that of his father and it's important for us as we're driving the sports conversation to separate the two and make sure that we understand the nuanced difference between the two so you know I'm thinking about obviously his situation and his brother and his sister and parents and grandparents I cannot imagine, Michelle, what it must have been like for LeBron and Savannah to get that call yesterday and have to go rush into that hospital.
2: And in addition to viewing Bronny as his own entity and a human LeBron, too, you know, for for someone that is so great at what he does, sometimes I I think he gets dehumanized because we view him through this lens of of infallibility and of greatness. But he's a father, too, and a human being as well. He's Aaron Goldhammer. I'm Michelle Smallman. Coming up next, we're going to continue to monitor Bronny's status. We'll keep you updated more on Canty and Carlin next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
1: Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from three to seven Eastern on ESPN radio. Plus you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.
4: Robert half research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert half our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI